Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. A little after 4, had a cloudy, rainy day going. More of the same this evening and uh, tomorrow as well. Tomorrow's high, 50. Sixers, big win last night, 118-115 over Boston. It's a big deal. It's their sixth win in a row, but even more so, they finally solved the Boston riddle, if you will. Had not beaten the Celtics yet this season, so that's a good thing there. Flyers are at Chicago this evening, trying to get back on the winning side of things. they got about 10, 12 games to go to get themselves in the playoffs and some ground to make up yet. Phillies in Toronto doing the spring training action thing. And March Madness in full swing. Lots of folks watching hoops and having fun with that. We're looking forward to, speaking of sports, having Phil Robertson. Phil Robertson in sports? Yeah, the Duck Dynasty cornerstone, if you will, from the reality TV series on A&E. He's going to be joining our program as a new book out called The Theft of America's Soul, blowing the lid off the lies that are destroying our country. Uh, it just came out on February 5th. He's going to be joining us in a little while. Phil actually played quarterback at Louisiana uh, Tech University ahead of eventual Pittsburgh Steeler champion Terry Bradshaw. We'll bring that up when we uh, have him on. In any case, we're looking forward to that. But before we get to that, I want to bring in, speaking of the Phillies, as the regular season's getting ready to happen here, uh, we usually have John Brazier, the director of Funning Games. But today, instead, we make our acquaintance with the world famous, hello, Scott Brandreth. That's me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being available for a few minutes. No problem. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, you sound great. Okay. You've been with the Phils for a while? Uh, a little bit. 20, sure. 24 years, 25 years, something like wow. that. Wow. Well, this is the first time we're talking. You know, I've, I've covered the Phillies part-time since uh, 1997. Okay. And done a lot of DJ work, too. So I know folks like uh, Deb Rinaldi and Vanessa Mapson and uh, people in the community department and all that. And then Phil Feather and tickets. And so wow, you, yeah. know, you know them all. <laughs> and John and John Brazier usually is on the director of fun and games. But uh, it's nice to make your acquaintance and, and get to know yet another piece of the puzzle. Over. Yeah, he's uh, John's too busy down south. You know, he's uh, getting that tan and, uh, <laughs> you know, watching baseball games, that kind of stuff. Well, the director of fun and games does need to, to make sure he, the skin is properly toned and all that. That, that is correct. <laughs> so let's chat. We have this press release I got that uh, Bobby Abreu is going to be in town August 3rd for that big award with the Wall of Fame. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited. Bobby's Bobby's numbers kind of speak for themselves. I mean, he yeah, when he came with us, I guess it was in '98 or so, and he was just a steady, steady performer for I think eight years with us, uh, taking us, bridging us from uh, from Veterans Stadium uh, over here to Citizens Bank Park. He hit the he hit the first home run here, uh, the first official home run in a real game. Uh, I think it was. It might have been opening day, two thousand uh, two thousand four. Right. And then he went on and played a, a number of years after that. And I think he's eligible for the Hall of Fame pretty soon. So he might get some. He might get some conversation with that. But uh, in our case, he's 
eligible for the wall, and he's been elected to the wall. So on a Toyota Phillies alumni weekend in August, he will take his place. That sounds great. You're chatting with Scott Brandreth of the Philadelphia Phillies. Technically on your business card, what does it say? Promotions? Director of Promotions. Yeah. Director of Promotions. All right, so you have a bird's eye view. When we had John Brazier on uh, six, seven weeks ago, it was pre-Bryce, another person who patrolled the area where Bobby Abreu played. And so <laughs> I don't know if anything's at least a glint in your eye about what's to come, but are there any dates in the calendar folks may want to uh, circle in terms of promotions, whether they involve Sir Harper or not? Well, yeah, it's, we had a date Sunday, July 28th that was kind of waiting for uh, somebody to, to uh, <laughs> show to up. Come. Yeah. And uh, yeah. shortly after it was officially announced, we uh, announced ourselves as a promotions department that uh, we will be having our uh, seasoned pizza Bryce Harper replica jersey day. So kids 14 and under. On that Sunday, July 28th, we'll receive the uh, the Harper replica jersey. That should be a lot of fun. One of the things we talked about with John was just the fact that, you know, the job of trying to plan where he's like, oh, you got to plan A, B, C, D, E. All depends who signs, who doesn't sign every year. You got to plan far out and you got to have backup plans to backup plans. I'm guessing in promotions, you've got you know, plenty, 24 years, you've got plenty of experience with what that's like. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is a giant puzzle. We start in August uh, just putting together the schedule. And, uh, you know, this year, and we had our first, like, official big meeting probably seven days after our final game last year. So the October-November range with our promotion staff, Eric Pesch and Mike Roach and myself and a bunch of other uh, uh, different departments here start piecing that puzzle together. And and we're always in contact with the sales department to see what kind of dates where they need help. And, you know, we're keeping an eye on the baseball ops department to, to see if we should hold some slots open or should we not do something with a particular player or, or whatever. But right. it, it eventually comes together every year, amazingly. So uh, we're, we're excited. That's great. Scott Brandreth with the Phillies uh, was our guest for a few moments here. Mentioned that Bobby Abreu is elected to the Wall of Fame, and that's going to happen in August as far as a ceremony and part of the alumni weekend and the Bryce Harper date in July. But there's also something I heard that this is a special year where Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley and Ryan Howard are all going to have an individual night. Do you know a lot about that, or do you have those dates handy by chance? Absolutely, yeah. That was that was something that was uh, we were kind of talking about early, at the end of last season, and it, it came to fruition uh, with those three guys that are officially now retired. And we're going to kick it off fittingly with our leadoff hitter, Jimmy Rollins, on uh, Saturday, May 4th with Coca-Cola Jimmy Rollins Retirement Night, and we're going to give out a replica 2008 World, World Series ring that night to fans 15 and over. So that's nice. going to be a pretty cool event. And then we're going to follow that up with uh, Chase on Friday, July 21st with Toyota Chase Utley Retirement Night. And that giveaway is going to be a bobble figurine for all fans. And it's a uh, it's Chase. He's not in uniform. He is at the podium, at the microphone, following the World Series parade, talking to the fans, and he may have a grin on his face uh, <laughs> yeah. because of, uh, of his famous speech. Yeah. And then the final one is, is Sunday, July 14th. That is our Ryan Howard's night. Uh, Pico Ryan Howard, I'm sorry, Pico Ryan Howard retirement day because it's a Sunday afternoon. And uh, that's going to be a bobble figurine as well. And that's going to be commemorating his 58th home run back in 2006, which is by far our single season 
home run record. Uh, he passed uh, poor Mike Schmidt by 10 home runs that year. Uh, <laughs> so right. we're going to, every time he stepped on home plate after a home run, he pointed to the stands. So we're going to, that's going to be like the pose of the bobble, figuring that he's going to be pointing. And we're going to have a little plaque that uh, we actually, when he, when he left the Phillies at the end of, of 2016, we put a plaque in the stands uh, underneath the seat where his 58th home run landed. So we're going to have that plaque uh, that's going to be on the bobble figurine as well. So uh, yeah. it's a pretty cool thing with three guys that uh, are probably going to join. I shouldn't say probably. will very, very likely join Bobby in that wall of fame someday. Oh, yeah. Uh, our guest on the program today, Scott Brandreth with the Philadelphia Phillies. And, uh, you know, one last thing, too. A lot has happened, obviously, in the offseason, not just Bryce Harper. A lot of other great players have been signed and, and have joined the team. There might be an assumption because people heard, oh, especially when, when Bryce was signed, uh, the you know, tickets were blew up. And people are selling record pace with all these tickets. But they might mistakenly think that the stadium sold out for the entire year. There's nowhere to get in. <laughs> and it's not quite to that level. It's exciting. But is there um, a, a main idea or two, like a package or, a uh, you know, whether it's a, a partial season package or th- there's still some things people could, as they're considering, hmm, maybe I should go down to the ballpark a little more and anything that comes to mind that, you might point oh, people I, to. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There, yeah, that, I, I'm glad you brought that up because there are plenty of tickets available for for a vast majority of the games. It, we're not in that 2011 situation where uh, the season ticket number is way, way, way up there, and, and tickets were scarce. We're doing very well, and, and we're pacing pacing very well. But yeah. there's still plenty of tickets available for the for the 81 games. Uh, I mean, they're, I think opening day may be sold out. But we've got great full-season packages, partial packages, Sunday plans. Phillies.com is the the place to go for that, or just 215-463-1000. And and even the theme nights. There's a – you go on the theme nights page on our our website, and there's a lot of different options on there. Star Wars nights that that, uh, appeal to to particular segments of the – of the fan base uh, and and are really kind of kind of fun. Nineteen nineteen seventies retro nights on there. That's a we're going to turn back the clock forty years that night in July and have some fun with. So yeah, there's there's plenty of tickets available. Come on down and join us. That's good. What got you into promotions in the first place? Uh, I just got lucky. I I, I uh, came came on as an intern in public relations, and then a spot opened up in the merchandise promotions area, and uh, I slid over there. And twenty one years later, I'm still sliding over here. <laughs> that sounds good. It's a lot of fun. Well, you must love what you do and it probably involves a lot of aspects of creativity, thinking on your feet, planning, and, and yet also being able to put you know smiles on a lot of people's faces with creative ideas. Yeah, I, I play with toys for a living, so it's, it's fun. <laughs> it could, could be worse. Scott, yeah. it's great talking with you. Thanks for hopping on and uh, giving us some more insight into what's going on at the ballpark. Thanks, Tim. Have a great rest of your day. Scott Brandreth, the director of promotions for the Philadelphia Phillies, kind enough to spend some time with us this afternoon. The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com, chatting about Bobby Abreu, the brand new electee to the Phillies Wall of Fame. First weekend in August when that will be happening at the ballpark as part of Alumni Weekend. Also mentioned some other special nights they're having this year, including with Bryce Harper and uh, honor uh, uh, nights honoring uh, Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley and Ryan Howard, among others. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty. His new book just came out on February 5th called The Theft of America's Soul, Blowing the Lid Off the Lives That Are Destroying Our Country. We'll have him on the program here in just a moment on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com.
Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show continuing along. Thanks for tuning in today. We are very pleased to move our program in the direction of Louisiana. And bring in the one and only Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. And he has a new book out. It's called The Theft of America's Soul. We're going to chat about that. Hello. Yo, how's it going? Wonderful. How are you? Doing well. Good to have you on. You know, you and my brother Bob go back pretty far. Oh, is that right? Bob DeMoss. Oh, yeah, that's your brother? He's my big brother. I learned half of what I know from him. Well, what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Bob's a great guy. I think he's made a Greek salad in your kitchen. He makes a lot of Greek salads. He makes one of the best in the country, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he's good at that. Well, it's great to have you on. We had the privilege of chatting with you and Miss Kay around Christmas, talking about some of the material you'd, you know, had done previously. But uh, today, I would love to focus on the book that just came out on February 5th, Theft of America's Soul, Blowing the Lid Off the Lies That Are Destroying Our Country. And... Uh, I wanted to just say one thing heading into this for those who are considering, you know, potentially reading it and all that. It's really to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's almost more like your testimony. Uh, and, and, and it's not coming from a place where you're just yelling at people and saying all this. Like, you have to go back to God. We need Ameri- God in America. It's, you know, really come from a very personal place. Oh, yeah. In other words, you know, I've often said that that. Most people, you say, what are their, what, what's their problem? Their problem is, the way I was as a heathen, I didn't know what my problem was. That was my problem. Once I was delivered from the evil one, and I looked back at the track record that I had established up to the time I was 28, I thought, what in the world was I thinking? So I had been deluded, and I had been uh, uh, hoodwinked by the evil one once I was delivered from him. I've been uh, hollering about Jesus ever since because <laughs> I appreciated it so much. Yeah. Phil Robertson, uh, of course, well-known from Duck Dynasty, the reality series uh, on A&E, and uh, 11 seasons, 100-plus episodes, 130 episodes, and um you know, I think the most watched nonfiction cable series in history, but uh, much more important than any of that, I know the uh, the fact that the Lord got a hold of you. And one of the interesting things about the book, maybe maybe let me start with this. Just uh, describe, if you would, what led up to you writing it. Was it a long time in making, uh, or is there a particular incident or series of incidents that said, you know what, I need to write this? Well, what I did was I just noticed. The reading in Romans chapter 1, this is one of the reasons. It's the Apostle Paul talking to the uh, uh, church there in Rome. And he says in 118, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. My point is, I just started there. They claimed to be wise. They, they became fools. 
They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, reptiles. He gives them over to immorality, then perversion. And he ends the section up by saying, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he he gives them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. The more I thought about that, I said, you know what? What was happening in the day of the Roman Empire is precisely what America is doing to itself. In other words, you start in the 60s. For 60 years, it's been illegal to teach your children uh, Bible verses that say the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're not allowed to teach that to children in any public school in America. Well, after 60 years, you say, what in the world are we teaching them about how they should live their life and the qualities they should have? Who's teaching them? So we've ended up, after no God for about 60 years, my question to America is, how's that working out for us? And that's the premise of why I wrote the book. I thought, I just need to remind them, if God's not taught, how in the world would people even know? So our job as the church, God's people, is to at least point them to Jesus. And all we're asking for and all God's asking for is they love him and love each other. And, and for the life of me, I do not see the downside to either one of those things. Yeah. Phil Robertson, our guest uh, from Duck Dynasty, the new book that came out on February 5th, theft, uh, The Theft of America's Soul, Blowing the Lid Off the Lies That Are Destroying Our Country. There are several things you just said, and I'm not sure which direction we'll go first. But just to kind of reiterate, you grew up going to church. For example, people might be uh, not be aware that you you, know, you had access at least to the, the at least to learn about the Lord, but you didn't really uh, get the gospel, or at least it wasn't maybe presented to you clearly the way that it would have been helpful, right? I don't know whether it was being preached and I just didn't hear it, or it wasn't being preached uh, forcefully enough. But for whatever reason, once I took off to college on a football scholarship, basically there was no God at all during my college years. So I earned two degrees at Louisiana Tech. And uh, when I got out of there, I basically was, I don't know, I might have been an atheist, I don't know, but I certainly didn't fear God or bow down to him, that's for sure. I was up to no good from start to finish. So it was 28. I was 28 after I got out of college for a few years before I finally saw the light. And I said, what in the world am I doing I'm like a dog chasing his tail. Hmm. So I saw the error of my ways and repented and turned to God, which was the best move I've ever pulled in my life. <laughs> Phil Robertson's our guest. Uh, so partly this just this point is to encourage those who are listening who are pastors or those who perhaps lead in their churches to make sure 
get the gospel across. As, if, if possible, make sure you're teaching what the, the fundamental parts of, of Scripture are about and don't dance around the issue uh, because maybe, that, maybe that's what's holding somebody back is because you're uh, – and this is another thing. You Maybe you're afraid to say something to your congregation. You're afraid people may leave if you say the truth because there's a part in your book where you mention someone named Bill Smith. Uh, and 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 mention just describe Bill's role in your life. Yeah, what he did was he drew the gospel out. It's kind of I mentioned it in the book that that's what I did with uh, our current president Donald J. Trump. I, he drew it in hieroglyphic form, an arrow coming out of heaven, God becoming flesh, two thousand eighteen years ago. Our calendar documents that event, by the way. And someone says, well, what were all the years before Jesus got here? I said, you call those years all the years before Jesus got here. <laughs> <laughs> so he dies on a cross for the sins of the world and is buried like we will be one day. We'll all be buried. And three days later, he solves their second problem, physical death, by his resurrection. Goes back into heaven. He's there 24-7 interceding for us meaning not counting any sin against us if we just trust him, if we're honest with him, confess our sins. So I'm thinking, let's see now. He dies on a cross. That delivers me from Satan and sin and the guilt of it all. And he delivers me from a law of works that I never kept. No one else has either except him. And finally, he delivers us from the grave. I'm looking at it thinking... Do any of y'all have a better story? Life and immortality is what you receive from that. <laughs> so far, I've had no one to top that story. Well, and part of your 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 book mentions again. The book's called "The Theft of America's Soul." Just came out on February fifth. That that uh, that preacher, Bill Smith, was, in your words, the only uh, man who ever had the guts to try to teach you about God during your partying years, and the whole That's idea right. of being willing to. Again, I, I'm using this for me because I like to build bridges with people. I like to be gentle, and, I, and not that he wasn't gentle, but sometimes there's a you know you can be afraid if you put yourself out there and you say, "Here's what the Bible says." I don't know if you've ever thought about that or whatever. You might have people like, "Oh, you're a weirdo," or, or "You're you're judging me," or like a lot of reaction you don't maybe don't want to have. So, what you know, that's again a word maybe about Bill Smith's approach, just to say, "Look, I'm willing to have you not like me," for example, or. You know, did you talk with him much about why he was willing to step into your life when others would not? Well, I learned a lot of things from him, but uh, the bottom line is the Bible texts are very clear. Everyone who lives a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Jesus' take on it was, he said, blessed are you when people hate you, blessed are you when people exclude you, Blessed are you when they insult you, and blessed are you when they reject your name as evil because of me. He said, rejoice, leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. So Jesus said there will be blowback. By the way, here's the perfect God becoming the perfect human being, never makes a mistake. And look what they did to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that shows you when vitriol and hatred comes my way, I'm thinking they did Jesus, they did far worse things to him than they are to me. So a little name calling from time to time, they think it rattles me or makes me mad. Not at all. 
I don't hold it against them. I just go tell the next one and the next <laughs> one, and I, but I don't hold it against any of them. I tell them what sin is. I say, here's what sin is. Here's what the Bible calls it. God said this in Galatians 5, and he, I give them the verses. I just point them to their sin problem, their physical death problem, and the solution to both, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and I'm on down the road. Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty, uh, people know him certainly from that. And uh, The Theft of America's Soul, the new book, came out on February 5th, blowing the lid off the lies that are destroying our country. I know you were just going to um, to college and were playing football. It's a fun fact. I think we talked about when you were on with us in December how you were starting uh, ahead of eventual Pittsburgh Steelers four-time Super Bowl champ Terry Bradshaw. And, wound yeah. up, you know, and all that was fun. Um, but how... Um, during that time, and, and people remember the Time Magazine article, of course, is God dead on the you know on the on the cover? Um, so you're at an interesting time. You're in the '60s. You, you're getting married. You're you're playing football. You're chasing ducks around. You're you know making sense out of well, church didn't work, and I'm going to go into partying and drinking and sleeping around. And who am I, you know? And then God brings in this uh, this pastor as part of your conversion experience. And so it's not surprising, I don't think, that you would be. Um, you know, just bold and sharing, not that you're being mean, you're just being outspoken, which is not popular sometimes in our culture. Everybody leaves me alone, everybody gets a trophy, no one says anything bad about anybody else. Yeah, I figured, I figured if I had missed it for 28 years, I said, I wonder how many more out there has missed it. Hmm. So I took it upon myself at the behest of the Almighty. He did say, Jesus, before he left, go preach the gospel. Go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go, go. So I, I got my marching orders. I took them seriously. Yeah. And I, so I've been going ever since I was 28. I've never slowed down. I'm, I'm, as, I'm as fired up and as fast-paced the work I do for the Lord as I was when I was working for the evil one. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Well, and speaking... It's just two, it's just two different avenues. Well, and speaking of which, I mean, we don't obviously have time to go through all of them, but I will say this. The book is very readable. So for anyone wanting to pick it up, The Theft of America's Soul, Blowing the Lid Off the Lies That Are Destroying Our Country, uh, it, it, it actually really has, despite the boldness with which you speak and the willingness to have, for example, uh, chapter two, the lie, there is no devil. I mean, there are a lot of people who'd rather not talk about the devil or whatever. You're, there's a lot of compassion in what you're writing because I think it just, it, again, it comes back comes from a place where you went through a lot and you're just saying, look, here's how it is. You can take it or leave it, but I'm not going to dance around gently. And I don't know if there's one or two of the lies, uh, so to speak, in the book, uh, even the first one, the lie, that God is dead. And then the truth, the God of the Bible is not dead and he never will be. You share about in the context of even after getting converted, you were still struggling with the stuff that you just gotten out of, right? So it's not like you, you have it all figured out. You're still struggling too. That is correct. And I was on a sort of a zigzag course my first few months and first going into the first year or two or three i was on a zigzag course trying to find my way but with perseverance i just stayed on the path jesus said the way out of here is a straight and it's a narrow road and the way that leads to hellfire is a wide road and a big gate and many enter through it so I just made sure I've stayed on the narrow path as I move forward. But uh, every time I see someone repent and turn to God, 
it's uh, I say it's worth it when we go to the Miss Kay and I go to the rehabs and the prisons and all the ones that are all tangled up in all this stuff, drugs and all this. So we just reach out to them and we help them, and uh, and we move on. Yeah, Phil Robertson, kind enough to spend some time with us today from Duck Dynasty, of course, the reality TV series on A&E, which I have my facts straight. I think now the uh, episodes can be seen on the Outdoor Channel. Uh, but in any case, the thing we're chatting about for a few more minutes here, the theft of America's soul, blowing the lid off the lies that are destroying our country, just came out on February 5th. Uh, is there another one you you pick from the from the list of lies, so to speak, that are on here? And then the, the truth um, that any of those chapters in particular really – you knew you wanted to make sure you included that one or get that message across? Well, one one good one is uh, one of the chapters is virtue is outdated. Hmm. And you go back to the founding fathers, they use the word virtue all the time. It means moral excellence, right thinking, right actions. If you look around at our culture now, you're, 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 and you're seeing people march around and chant and holler and curse each other and and they, they blackball speakers who are trying to speak on a college campus, and, and they won't, won't even let them, let them hear any kind of other opinion besides their own. Well, if you just look at all that, you say, whatever happened to virtue, meaning just moral excellence, doing what is right, having a clean mouth, and doing what is right when you get up in the morning, just doing good for crying out loud. So <laughs> right. we have lost virtue. It has flown away in a big section of the country. You're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. These kids are coming out of these universities chanting and hollering. They seem to be angry all the time, but I don't think they know why they're angry. When, well, in steps the evil one, and there's the source of it all. So we have really made a mess out of the greatest country on earth i just hope enough americans will stay the course fear god and do what was right do what is right and we can turn this thing around that's my hope and my prayer with each of the chapters you have the lie but then also right with it like peanut butter and jelly you have the truth and with that one you just said the lie virtue is outdated the truth that you have flipped in with that is god's standard for all time is the standard of virtue. And maybe really at the heart of it is, with all of these chapters, is if you're looking to your own wisdom, or or like that Time article said, is God dead? Without God, you're by definition going to be trying to make sense out of something that's, it's not possible. You may not... That's exactly right. And and, and you talked about that concept of freedom, because there are people, there's a difference between being free or able to pursue whatever versus the the consequence of that, or or not realizing, like, well, we can't all be right about what we're thinking. We, you know, we can still love each other, be kind to each other. But uh, you talked about even in early in your in your marriage and 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 wanting freedom, even though you were married with children and all the stuff you were doing, thinking freedom was like going everywhere else. But you That's didn't exactly find freedom, right? right? That's right? exactly right. I just it was a gigantic misunderstanding of freedom. You know, what I mean, you, you, showing these young people. The way to walk and the way to live, uh, they're like, they're looking at you like you're crazy. So, but I, I think there's still enough good people hmm. out across middle America scattered across the country. I think there's still plenty of us left to where if we would just all get together and we move as one as the body of Christ across the landscape, 
I think there's still hope. <laughs> That's good. I haven't given up yet. Have you? Uh, I have not. I have not, and I'm glad to have you on so folks can uh, read this book, The Theft of America's Soul, Blowing the Lid Off the Lies That Are Destroying Our Country. And again, very re- readable and very bold but compassionate. It's an, it's an interesting combination. Thanks for having me, my man. Absolutely. Can I ask one last question as we hang up? Sure. My producer just said, can you please ask Phil what goes into making the amazing duck call? <laughs> what, when did, what, what into that? Because he's like, what goes into what, what work goes into that? I'm sure it's a process, but. You mean, you mean where did I start when I first said I'm going to build the greatest duck call there is? That's it. What I did was, I, it's like playing piano by ear. In other words, I would hear these mallards and hear pintails, and hear teal, and hear gadwall, and hear wood ducks, I would hear the sounds they were making, and I had that sound in my head. Well, I sat down and I said, all I want to do here is make sure whatever I build sounds like what I'm hearing. So one after the other, I came up with a mallard drake duck call. No one had ever done that. A wood duck call. No one had ever done that. He's a, he's a squealer, they call him. Yeah. And so, and then I came up with the blue winged teal and the, and the gadwall. I came up with all those different kinds of calls that didn't even exist before I came along. So I ended up with a body of work, and it, and it took me about 35 or 40 years. I looked up one day. And the Lord blessed me mightily over those duck calls. All it, all it ever was, I think I can build a better-sounding duck call that sounds more like a duck than all the rest of them. <laughs> and I trusted in God Almighty, capitalism, and away I went. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you for taking time to share. God right. bless you. Greetings to your family. All right, thanks. All right, bye-bye. Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty and... His new book, The Theft of America's Soul, Blowing the Lid Off the Lies That Are Destroying Our Country. Glad to have him on today. If you want to have a chance to win a copy, text me at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just first and last name and the word theft, and we'll put you in the mix for that. We'll draw a winner or two before the program is over. Take a short break and wrap up things in just a couple of moments. Looking to hook up with Chad Matson, lead singer of Unspoken, who's in town for a couple of concerts tonight and tomorrow. See if we can make that connection before the program's done. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com at the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening in today. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com at the Tim DeMoss Show. And just kind of shoehorning in here, someone we've been trying to track down, coming into town for a couple of concerts tonight and tomorrow, Chad Matson of Unspoken. Hello? Chad. It's, yeah. It's Tim DeMoss. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good. We never know who's going to pop up on the program. You doing sound check? I just walked into the venue room, so let me... That's um, Now I'm going into a basement where it's quiet, but hopefully I'll have service. Okay. Now, that's cool. We, I mean, we you got business to do, but it's good to at least chat for a minute or two before you head in there. Welcome to town. Concerts coming up in a few hours in Drexel Hill, Monsignor Bonner yep. and Archbishop Prendergast High School, 403 North Lansdowne, uh, North Lansdowne Avenue in Drexel Hill. And then tomorrow you're at Bethany Church in Allentown. 
Just let folks know a little bit in the brief time we have what they're in store for when they come to the show. How do you like to roll out an unspoken concert? Well, I think there's a lot of different things, but obviously we're partial to the Northeast because we're from here. So we love to be in the home of Wawa, the best uh, <laughs> gas station in the whole world to get lunch at. Yep. And then uh, we have this new girl on our record label uh, named Katie Hurst, who's great and kind of pop and fresh. And then we've got a North Point Inside Out uh, from Andy Stanley's church as well in Atlanta, and they're wonderful people. And so there's a couple of cool little elements that I'm excited for for this tour with having the pop and having a female out, but then also having the worship element. And then obviously our style fits right in here at uh, in, in the Northeast because it's cross-cultural and, you know, lots of different sounds. And so my thought is that you'll probably laugh and cry tonight, but they'll both be good things. That's excellent. Chat with Chad Matson from uh, Unspoken. The new single's called Just Give Me Jesus. Do you take time during a concert to share much about your testimony? Because it's a, a testimony we don't have time for now, but it's it's quite a thing. I've got, I've got a hold of you. And uh, how do you like to interact with the crowd or, or how do you normally do a show? Or maybe it varies from night to night. No, I mean, I think, you know, we, we kind of sit down and think about what's going to make a, a night that's entertaining, but also meaningful. And so, you know, we think it's going to be a lot of fun, but then also, you know, the whole reason we do what we do is to share with people the hope that we have in Jesus and what he's done in our lives. And so, you know, that's what this whole thing's about. And it always has been for 15 years. And I know that um, we had hooked up a little bit back in the day. And, and so it's staying on the same plane, but just hopefully becoming better musicians and, and um, better songwriters and better human beings. So we think as time goes on, it's just getting better. Yeah, I mean, every time we always take, and since the very beginning, that opportunity to share with people the gospel and give people the opportunity. And I think it's neat because being that I have come out of the drug culture, it's not a fire and brimstone message because I don't I don't really believe that that really produces legitimate followers of Christ. Um, if you have a love that's fear-based, you know, it's a much different thing than if you have a love that's genuine. And so, you know, that's kind of what changed us. And and what we've been, you know, working all these years to do is just to get people to hear the, the music and ultimately, and more importantly, the message. Uh, chatting with Chad Madsen of Unspoken, I definitely want to let you get back to, you know, getting in there and getting ready for the show tonight. Again, it's in Drexel Hill, Monsignor Bonner and Archbishop Prendergast High School. You can grab details on that as well as the one in Allentown tomorrow night at Bethany Church. Uh, just go to Unspoken's website and you can get the details on that. But um, if for just paint a quick picture for people who are like, you know what, let me go check that out. Maybe they're, they're not as familiar with Unspoken. Give a, a little sample of, of what you're about, musically speaking, so they know what they're in for if they want to swing on by. Well, we've got two guys from Maine and a guy from Florida and two guys from Puerto Rico. And so obviously we grew up with just in different cultures and um, growing up in different music. You know, we got some guys grew up on 70s rock and 80s. And then you've got, you know, singer songwriters. And I grew up on R&B and hip hop. And so, you know, I think it's uh, stylistically, it's I think it's pretty neat, you know, and over the years, the seven or eight or nine songs that we've had on the radio have, you know, all been different in some way. And so I think yeah. it's just uh, kind of trying to be true to who we are and what passions we have. 
I mean, I think it's not only for the whole family, but also a great opportunity to bring out people that are friends and family and neighbors or whatever who, you know, we're trying to invest in um, because the way that we'll share the gospel will be, you know, right into the middle of <clears throat> wherever people are at, whether they're Christians or they're not Christians. And uh, and so I think the music just supports it. And again, we love having all sorts of uh, denominations as well as um, ethnic backgrounds. And we think it's all part of God's family and all pretty wonderful. That's great. Chad, thanks for taking time to check in. I'm glad we could connect even for just a little bit here. And uh, unspokenmusic.com is where folks can find out more about tonight's show as well as tomorrow night in Allentown. Have a wonderful evening, my friend, and hopefully we can catch up for a little longer chat another time down the road. I look forward to it, man, and I appreciate so much you reaching out and, and giving us the opportunity to be a part of what, what you, you guys are doing uh, right here in the Northeast. So much love to you. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. All right, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye. That's Chad Matson, lead singer of Unspoken in the area for a concert in Drexel Hill tonight and Allentown tomorrow, unspokenmusic.com for details. Also, a quick reminder, Friday, April 5th, put this on your radar, The Best of Enemies. It's a movie coming to a theater near you featuring uh, Academy Award winner Taraji P. Henson and Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. The Best of Enemies is a true story centering on a very unlikely relationship and later friendship between civil rights activist Ann Atwater, played by Henson, and C.P. Ellis, played by Rockwell. He's a local Ku Klux Klan leader in the movie. They come from very different walks of life, as you can imagine, hold very different views. And the story involves Ellis reluctantly co-chairing a community summit where there's a battle going on over the desegregation of schools in Durham, North Carolina. It takes place in the summer of 1971. And as you might imagine, it is a drama, one designed to get people to think. We'll chat about more of that in the days to come. Again, the best of enemies, Friday, April 5th, the release for that. Jim Maxim, Max 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.